Hello, my name is Sonia Montiel. I am the founder of College Confidence. I am an educator, a mother of a fifth grader and first year college student, wife uh, to my high school sweetheart, and a soccer player through and through. <laughs> and I'm Hilary Bilbrey, inspired living strategist, author, speaker, mama to three teenagers, wife, and adventure seeker. You know, some things are just meant to be. Although we met randomly in a class, Sonia and I really became clear that our work, our values, and our heart align. Soon we began talking about our families and our worries and our businesses, our lives, and we realized we were helping each other move forward into our own confidence and integrity. We understand that many people have this fear of showing such vulnerabilities that you and I were able to get to so quickly, and it's because of that alignment. But that vulnerability and those conversations are really a way to get to the heart of the matter. And so Decided Heart was born, and this is why we would love to invite you to join our conversations. Welcome to Decided Heart Conversations. I have to tell you, our most listened to conversation ever was on Mother's Day. And I think part of it was so much resonated with all of us mothers out there that are wondering, how do we define ourselves, our identity? When did we lose who we were as people to motherhood? Or wait, did we gain something? And such an amazing conversation that took place. And we heard from so many of you. And Sonia and I have been talking and wondering, well, I wonder if that was a different experience for men. Father's Day is coming up, so why not take three of our favorite fathers and have a little conversation with them about growing up with their dads, their children now, how they see themselves. And by the way, if you're waiting to find out what you should do for Father's Day, they're going to give us some insight into some of the best things that they can think of for Father's Day as well. So we hope you really enjoy this show. And I'm going to throw it over to Sonia to introduce our first dad. Yes, can't wait. I barely know this guy, Richard Montiel. <laughs> <laughs> we are high school sweethearts. So he is my husband. Um, I was a junior in high school. He was a senior. So that's where it all started. Um, and so, so grateful, Richard, that you've taken the courage and, you know, our father on his panel. Um, it means a lot to me. So why don't you start by just saying what you do? Tell me a little bit about your children, maybe your, your favorite wife, but you can skip that. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest part about being a father and maybe the best part about being a father. Sure. So um, what do I do? I'm, I'm a financial guy, CFO, numbers guy is really what I'm known for. Um, always chase the financials. I work for companies that uh, uh, work with uh, people that work with their hands or see stuff being built. Um, I've worked in construction um, and then I worked in agriculture. And so those industries uh, very much appealed to me because I could see things being built, being done and allow me the flexibility to interact not only on the field, but also, um, you know, pick up the stuff that the dirt and work with the plants or you know, operate the machinery that allowed me those opportunities, but also got the, the, um, the privilege of going back into the office and sit in the AC when it got too hot and then crunch <laughs> the numbers. So 
um, having that choice was really important to me, and and so that I always stuck to those industries, and been lucky and made a living out of it. Um, so when did I become a a, a parent? Uh, gosh, a, a dad. Um, I you know I became a parent when uh, when we had our second child. I, you know we have two two kids. We have a nineteen year old, and we have a twelve year old. And I didn't didn't feel like a, a parent or a dad until until my second child, and and it was far into she was maybe four years old, and so you know what I feel like a dad now. Um, my firstborn, it was just a haze. I just this is like this blur of you know this this responsibility of trying to do everything right, not not only in my career but making sure that you know, the bills were paid and that, you know, we, we had enough to pay for the tuition for, for certain schools that we wanted her to go into. And, and so um, that was, I didn't get a chance to really enjoy myself as, as a person with that individual. Um, and I look back at, you know, at the moments that I have with my 12 year old and I say, God, I, you know, I really missed a lot with my first one. Um, just because of where I was mentally um, and and it wasn't about the financials it was just about this this um, push personal push to 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 in my mind try to be better right and and uh, and ultimately left or, or sacrificed a little bit of relationship like well I felt the relationship with my oldest was and we have a wonderful relationship um, don't get me wrong, but it, it, this is just uh, um, something that I learned that, you know, I didn't really become a parent, what I, what I define as a parent, until later on um, into my second child. So, um, let's see. So, I, so, what was the other part of it? Um, the best part. The best part. Gosh, the best part is um, enjoying the small moments, like uh, reading together. Um, working on uh, projects, although, you know, I, I like them to work, uh, you know, on certain things like building up something together, right? And they're like, no, I'm not going to do that. Or let's go mow the lawn together. And they're looking at me like, what? You want me to do that? Or let's go prune the tree. And they're like, no, I don't think so. You know? <laughs> and then sometimes they'll, you know, they'll go and join me for a little bit. Um, so but yeah, I, I think uh, uh, reading together, you know, um, just going camping, um, riding the bike, um, walking and throwing stones at the beach. Those, those are the best moments, um, as, as, you know, as a parent. And also, um, you know, teaching them a little bit, you know, as, as best as I can as, as, um, as to what my observations of the world is. And, and then finding out that, you know, in in different ways, they come back and you you identify that they actually did pick up the lesson, right? In in other ways, so those are always very rewarding. Um, where you drill something in, and, and and you don't think it's going through, but then you see it in action, maybe a year, two years later, uh, <laughs> unknown to them, and I, and then you're just surprised. So those, those to me are the, the you know what I think. Awesome. Thank you so much, Richard. That's Thank you, Richard. revealing all these chapters. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I'm going to actually hand it over to Stefan Freeman. And I know Stefan from Taekwondo. And 
he has had this presence from the very moment that I met him in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, that was so calming. I was telling Sonia that there were only two people that I really liked to have hold my board because they just had a presence about them that made me feel confident and calm and at peace. And Stefan was always one of those people, excelled at Taekwondo, amazing. And he maybe that'll even come into his identity. And watching him become a father, because I think you were a college student when we first met, weren't you? I was, yes. Yeah. And watching him become a father and the joy that his daughter has, as well as, as watching him, has just been such a privilege. Even from afar, it's been a privilege. So when we were talking about doing this, I'm like, oh, man, I hope he says yes, because he's <laughs> such a great guy. So Stefan, can you tell us a little bit about what you do, your daughter, the best part, the hardest part? Sure. So um, I'm actually a full-time stay-at-home dad, and uh, I'm a professional artist during nap time. Uh, what that means is uh, my job, in my mind, is, is my daughter, um, and, and that's the main focus I have, and that's um, what I spend all, well, a great amount of my energy on uh, trying to raise her. That's the way I, I think I know how, figuring it out along the way. Um, she's, she'll be two next month. Um, so I, I first became a father, um, in 2018, uh, July 20th, 2018, a little, uh, little before 3.30, 3.27. So, um, that's when I became a father, as soon as I saw my daughter, um, as soon as I was able to hold her in my hands. Uh, I was in the hospital the whole time. We stayed there, uh, many days, same like forever, but not long enough at the same time. Uh, just put life on pause. That was awesome. Um, I, I used to work um, as a retail manager for a few different family video chains uh, here in Wisconsin. And I decided to step back from that. Um, and at the beginning of 2019, uh, to stay home full time with my daughter, because um, my wife works for the university. She works for the University of Wisconsin Stevens Point in the admissions department. And she would, I, I told her after we had Soraya, I said, it's up to you what you want to do. If you want to go back to work, if you, if you want me to stay in this position, if you want me to stay home, I am more than willing to be a stay at home dad. And I used to always, not really joke, but I used to always tell her when we uh, were first dating and after we got married that I'm, I'd be a stay at home dad if you, if you want to work. I'm perfectly fine with that. <laughs> and so I was actually able to get that, uh, make that a reality. And so that was super exciting, and, and also I'm able to pursue my artistic dreams to be an artist, which I've been an artist for ever, but I'm finally deciding to pursue it as a as a career option. And it's been pretty good so far. So that's been pretty fun. Um, the best part about being a dad so far, I mean, it's all great, honestly. I, I want to say it's all great. It's 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 very interesting. The, the little things that you start to remember about being a kid, uh, and you kind of watch your kid do simple things you kind of take for granted. Like she went from not being able to roll over, to rolling over, to crawling, to walking, to running, jumping, climbing, everything, and not being able to say any words to, you know, simple words, da-da, mama. And now she's putting thoughts together and, and telling you what kind of food she wants and, and, and what she doesn't want. She'll definitely tell you what she doesn't want. Uh, <laughs> Um, she she has no problem telling you no I don't I don't want that no <laughs> so she's not shy in that way and uh, and just watching all the little things you know 
being able to to see her develop um, from reading a book, and I read a book, we read books to her all the time. Oh my goodness, she loves books um, far more than I thought she was going to. But it's it's, it's really great because I mean we probably read her I don't know probably at least at least ten books a day on a low end on a, on the low end days, and they're like various types of books from Dr. Seuss books to you know, other type of kid books and some of them are shorter and some of them are longer but she, she loves it so that's that's great um the hard part is uh she is two or about to be two so she is um a toddler <laughs> um and I, and so all of this is really new navigating um fatherhood and and not really knowing you know i had my own type of upbringing growing up and i grew up with uh, a lot of siblings and, and and that was kind of my upbringing with my being the oldest of seven and so it's it's interesting not really knowing how to go about doing things for her trying to do things slightly different than how things were done when i was growing up for my siblings um trying to educate her as much as i can trying to make sure she enjoys uh, the simple things you know running around playing being a kid um and not trying to push her to grow too quickly but at the same time i want to help her develop um, so that's why we read so many books to her and we talk to her. Like I'm talking to you now is how I'll talk to my daughter. Um, and I think that is helping her with her like language development and understanding of what's going on around her. And so, yeah, it's just hard not knowing what's working and what's not working. <laughs> I won't really know until later. Um, and and this, I feel like this, she's kind of a, not necessarily a test run for another kid, but you know it's our first kid, so we don't really know what we're doing. <laughs> uh, we're just kind of, we're just kind of like, uh, well, should we do this? Well, that that's probably a good idea, or mm, I don't know if we should do that. You know, and we're just kind of combining our, our my knowledge of my wife and I, uh, what we had growing up, and okay, we didn't like that growing up, so we won't do that. We love this, so we'll try to implement that, and just kind of see where it goes. I think Richard I started rambling. I realized. No, no, you're fine. You're fine, Stefan. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. What Richard said is like, you don't find out until like years later, like, oh, we shouldn't have done that like mm -hmm. five years ago. That was okay. It was interesting listening to, listening to Richard talking. He was saying like, it took him a while to realize he was a dad. It was like, immediate for me. You know, like, I, it was, I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it. It was like, I'm a dad. This is my child. This is what I'm doing. I will drop everything. <laughs> and anything which is interesting because art has always been my my first love um and, and now even that's like secondary you know i i like i say i'm a, I'm a full-time dad and a professional artist during that time or whenever she's with mom or sleeping um and i do take my art seriously and i, I have clients and i have projects and stuff that i do um but my daughter it's, it's just a different different kind of love it's so unique um never experienced before and and I don't really you know it's it's just they're really different you know so I knew immediately for me I think uh I think Richard I can speak on your behalf and then we're gonna get to David is um when when our firstborn Bella was when our firstborn Bella was born um he had a final in college that day oh wow <laughs> yeah, he was like, <laughs> so one thing we were looking back like yeah we were too young we were oh, too, oh can't we do that but that's okay so I, I remember like he's like I gotta go to a final I'm like oh Okay, so David, let's introduce you. So David and I also go back, I don't even know how many years, do you know David? Like, is it a decade? Oh yeah, way more than, uh, 19, oh, uh, 
2005 or six. Austin was a freshman in high school and he was class of 09. So I'm saying 05 was when we met. I don't like that, but that's okay because it does show the relationship that you and I have. So I helped his son as a college counselor um, and we just, be we just became connected. Um, David um, has so many talents, but the one that I connected to was he's an author of a book. Um, and I know that you, you're going to describe that a little bit, but uh, when I was working on the high school side, I had David come and speak to the uh, parents of seniors. Um, we called it letting go. And David was our keynote speaker of how do you do that? And remember we had like tissue boxes <laughs> and, they're all, and it was mostly mothers and they're all looking at you like, how do I do it? And you just, uh, you just have such a phenomenal presence of being relaxed and being genuine and sincere. Um, and you also have your music background. Um, so I'm going to bring it to you, David. So give us a summary of who you are, fatherhood, when you became a dad, best and maybe the toughest parts. Uh... Well, I'm, a, I'm currently a, a marketing consultant, um, and uh, I, I help local business owners find their audience online and, and get noticed, and, um, and uh, that's my current, I spent 30 years in film and television post-production before I, before I did that, before I retired from that and started my own agency. Um, I, I, and I can't help but notice that your, uh, uh, your choice of fathers here is perfectly uh, split out between a, uh, the father of a two-year-old, uh, the father of a, a couple of uh, a preteen and a teenager, and I'm the old guy here. Uh, my son, I, we only have one, and he is 29 years old now. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, I became a, a father relatively late. I was 42 years old when Austin was born because uh, I didn't get married till I was 36. So Austin was born when I was 42 and that has some obvious drawbacks, you know, when you're, when you're chasing a, an energetic kid around. Um, but for me, I've, I felt like the, uh, the pluses far outweighed the drawbacks. Had I, had I become a father even 10 years sooner, I think I would have missed so much of it. I wouldn't have been there for it. Um, and so I, I think, uh, I think it, was, it was a plus for Austin and it was a plus for me. I was a better father because it happened late in my life. Um, I have to say the, the part that surprised me, I don't, I don't know if it's the best part, the part that surprised me the most about becoming a parent, the part that I was not prepared for, was that it was how much fun it was. I, I had no idea how much fun it was going to be to be a parent. Um, and, and, uh, and, and every day was just, uh, uh, you know, it was like a new adventure. And, and people tell you, you know, when they say, how old's your kid? And you go, oh, he's three or he's four, he's five. And there's always somebody who says, oh, that's the best age. And, but then as you find out as they, as they grow that every age is the best age. I mean, there's something different and something uh, exciting and something more to learn with every phase that they go through. And so uh, uh, my, my, one of my favorite things 
about being a dad was when he was three or four years old and was still would still crawl up in my lap and we'd watch TV or something to have him fall asleep uh, on my shoulder. Uh, it, 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 uh, <laughs> it still chokes me up a little bit to think about it right now. Um, that, that's like one of my favorite memories ever. You know, I don't know if that's my favorite thing about being a, a father, but it, it's one of the things that when I think about it, uh, still warms me, you know? Um, and one of the hardest parts of being a parent to me, and I thought this before I became a parent, just looking at other parents and, uh, uh, and, you know, judging how wrong they were doing everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing uh, yeah. how, how well you can parent before you are a parent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing that when you don't have any kids, you can tell what everybody's doing wrong. Um, and, uh, but, but the, one of the hardest things, that I, and I've thought this before and after becoming a parent, is consistency. Being, being consistent with your kids from day to day. If you... If you decide that something is not allowable on Monday, this is something you cannot do under any circumstances, you can't then relent and let it happen on Friday. You know, if it's wrong on Monday, it has to be wrong on Friday. And sometimes that's really hard because sometimes you're tired and you just don't want to have that battle. Uh, and, and a lot of parents relent. And it's, um, it, it's a hard thing to maintain. Consistency is a hard thing to maintain as a parent. Um, so, Stefan, are you listening to that? That's such great advice. <laughs> no, yeah, I hear it. I'm, I'm already working on that. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they know where all your buttons are. And, uh, and, mm -hmm. and uh, especially, did you say you have a daughter? I do. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, she's going to figure out really quickly how to wrap you right around her little finger and, uh, and make you dance like a puppet. <laughs> she's definitely working on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and David, you also, I mean, the one thing that you didn't, the, the other part is you also are an author. Well, I, I, I was a writer. I'm, I'm a member of the Writers Guild. Uh, uh, I've, I've written some TV and some, uh, some screenplays. Uh, but the, the, what Sonia was uh, referring to is when Austin left to go to college, I, uh, I, I panicked. <laughs> and uh, and I said, damn, there's a lot of things I haven't, I don't, I don't know if I've said everything I need to say, and and even the things that I may have said, maybe they need to be reiterated, you know. So I sat down over a period of a week or two, and just uh, I wrote this letter to him. That was it was a letter I was going to give him, before, you know, when he went to school, uh, and, and and it was just kind of a stream of consciousness thing. It, it was really a rambling mess. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I've said before that it, that it uh, uh, my first draft may as well have been the, you know, the Unabomber's manifesto for all the <laughs> sense it made. Um, but then I sat down and, and, and edited it down to a four-page single-space typewritten letter. And when we took him to school and left him in his dorm, I left that letter with him. And um, I had a, and, and when I got back home, I read the letter to myself a couple of times and realized that a lot of what I was saying was actually intended to make me feel better. It really, some of it had less to do with him than it did me. Uh, but I had a 
friend who was going through the same thing. She was, you know, her son was leaving and she was emotionally unstable. And, and I shared the letter with her. I said, this might make you feel better. Uh, it actually, as I, as I, uh, I figured out that it, that it was actually written for me and not for Austin, but uh, I mean, I hope he got something out of it. Anyway, she's the one that came back to me and said, this should be a book. You should publish this. And I thought she was high. Um, but uh, so what I did was I, I, after getting Austin's permission to do so, I published it online. Uh, I had a blog at the time and I published it on my blog. And it, and it sort of went viral a little bit. You know, I started getting letters and, and messages from all over the country about people just thanking me for publishing this letter. Uh, and, and how much it meant to them and how they were going to use it as a model. And one guy asked if he could just take it and give it to his son and pretend that he wrote it. And I said, I, I don't care. Um, but that's what uh, made me realize that, uh, or made me think, okay, maybe my friend's right. And so I, uh, it, uh, about a year after I had written it, uh, I published it as a, as a very thin paperback book with some pictures of Austin throughout his life. And, um, and that's how it became a book. It was never written to be a book, but that's how it became one. And I think that's, yeah, that's why it was so popular because the intimacy and the authenticity was in there. And so, um, you know, I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to put the link to purchase this book um, on, on the, you know, the description and all that good stuff, but it, it's still just so relevant. And, um, who knows? Maybe the other dads will be like, oh, I'm going to use this book. <laughs> well, well, I'm you know, sitting here in Austin. What's funny is that right about this time of year, every year, right around high school graduation time and around going off to college time, the, the sales on Amazon spike, you know, for, for, about, uh, for about a month at each, at each point. So it's, it's still there and it's still, you know, still sells a few hundred copies. <laughs> there you go. Some of it. Some of us uh, just had a son that graduated, so uh, it's it's crazy that Stefan Little Brack Little Brack just graduated at eighteen years oh, old. Oh, really? Isn't that oh, crazy? I know he he was. I've like, known me for a long time, actually. Yeah, isn't that funny? So I appreciate that. Thank you so much, David. So one of the things that we found really interesting when we were talking to the moms was they were talking about sort of losing their personal identity when they became moms. It became about being mom and they sort of lost who they were. And we wanted to throw that out to you and, and anyone can sort of talk. If we start talking over each other, we might jump in, but just a conversation about what is that like as a man coming into being a father, holding on to who you are as a, as a man, as a husband, as a, all these other things. How do you see yourself and your identity within, within that framework? I can start. Uh, yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, I was, um, like Hillary said, that we, we met through Taekwondo. Uh, I actually took Taekwondo very seriously um, before having Soraya. And, uh, like, I was, I was a professional athlete. Uh, I traveled the country and to different parts of the world, competed in Taekwondo uh, tournaments as a, as, a spar, as a fighter, sparring competitor um, for, uh, I don't know, many years, maybe five, six years or so, something like that. Um, and, and so that's what I did for a long time because I, I wanted to see how good I can get. Can I, can I go to the Olympics? Can I, 
fight some of the top fighters. That was my main thing. Um, I told my coach and my good friend, uh, Stephen Decker, that when we decided to have Soraya, after I decided, okay, I'm, I'm about done seeing where, how far I can go, um, how high I can get, this is where I'm going to stop. I told him once we have Soraya and once we have my daughter, that I, I probably won't compete anymore um, because I feel like once I have her, I'm going to put all of my, all the love I have for Taekwondo is going to shift. It's going to shift from Taekwondo and it's going to shift to my daughter. And that's exactly what happened. Um, and so it, it's not like, not like I lost myself per se. I, I sort of traded one thing that I, I gave my all to, uh, which is Taekwondo and training and competing. And I shifted that energy and love and, and effort to her. Um, and I knew I was going to do that. So it wasn't like, oh, all of a sudden I became a dad and I don't know who or what I want to do. I'm still an artist. I'm still a person that likes to hang out and, you know, and work out and, and do Taekwondo, even teach it sometimes. But I'm, I'm not that athlete anymore. And that's something I will say that I gave up to, to be a father, to be a dad. Um, Identity-wise, though, I think I've always wanted to be a dad. So I've always, in a way, identified as a person that will be a dad or, or plan to be a dad in the future. So I don't think I really lost much there, if that makes sense. It does. I love, I, I think that's so interesting that it was an intentional shift for you. Isn't that, Sonia, did you hear that too? That was, oh, I wish I had that. <laughs> right, right. I mean, truly, it's, it's fantastic. David, it sounds like you were about to speak as well. Thank you so much, Stefan. Well, I, I think Richard hit on part of it earlier uh, when he was talking about uh, uh, the things that you start to worry about uh, that you might not have worried about before. But uh, the thing I noticed was when, when you become a parent, and, and I'm, I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on TV, so I don't know if this is true or not, but I have heard or read or, you know, uh, made up myself, I don't know which, uh, <laughs> that, that, while there is a very strong maternal instinct, when, when, when a woman gives birth, there is a strong maternal instinct that kind of, that kind of uh, guides them, you know, even, even if they don't really know what they're doing, they somehow instinctively do the right thing most of the time. And that, that there's not really a paternal instinct. You know, men don't have that uh, uh, automatic thing that happens. But... But for me, it was almost like there was. I mean, it changed the way I looked at everything. Parenthood, I think, it changes the way you look at life overall. It changes the way you look at yourself as uh, your your role in the world and what you're supposed to do and who you're supposed to be. For one, you know, it, you no longer can be content to worry about yourself. You have this brand new human being that cannot do anything for itself and uh and you are entirely responsible to make sure that nothing bad happens uh and so it changes not only your outlook on on life from your personal standpoint and and what you're going to do and where you're going to go to you know what about what's the rest of the world doing and you know how are they screwing things up for my kid <laughs> And, and so, you know, you, you, uh, you look at everything differently when you become a parent because you have this, this life that you're responsible for. And, um, and that, 
you know, that never goes away. My son's 29 years old and you never stop worrying if they're okay. And if they're, uh, you know, if they're healthy and if they're eating and if they're, you know, uh, taking care of themselves and, and especially when they don't live close by, you know? And David, do you feel like in terms of your, the identity pre Austin, did that shift? Did you trade? Did you struggle? Was there a battle? What was that like for you? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I just tried to turn him into me. So, so that there, <laughs> <laughs> so, so now, you know, he says he's a sarcastic, uh, asshole. So <laughs> in the best way possible. Oh so, yeah. I created, yeah, yeah. Way possible. And I mean that in the kindest possible way, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, I don't, I didn't have a real, uh, a real identity battle in that uh, I, I don't, uh, uh, that part of my life didn't change except the, the sense of, of responsibility that came with, with uh, the birth of my son. And, and, but, but I mean, and I mean that in, in all of its positive ways as well, not, not just, Oh my God, this terrible responsibility, but, but wow, look at all the things that, that, uh, that, are now in my life that I would not have known anything about. And um, like, I never heard of peanut allergies until I was a parent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there must've been kids that had peanut allergies when I was a kid, but I didn't know them. So, you know, you, you learn about all kinds of things when you, uh, when you have a kid. And then like, and then, so Richard, of course, I'm curious because at the age that you had, you know, we had our firstborn, you had a lot of different paths. I mean, reveal like with sense of identity how would you define it and was there any trade or conflict i don't i don't see myself as having conflict i was it was pretty much for me it was i was always looking to kind of uh, fulfill like this this need to explore the world so uh, so when you know our, our firstborn came along um you know it I, I wanted to get a motorcycle, right? So I ended up getting the motorcycle and, and, you know, you and I went on the trip and then eventually after a few rides, I took it one time, I took it to work and um, I hit an oil spill and I laid the bicycle down, not going very, you know, the motorcycle down, not going super fast. And, um, you know, I bruised the rib and, and then I, on the way, you know, I picked up the bike and I still rode it to work and on the way to work, I said, you know, if if you lost your job, you know, how's how's you know Bella gonna keep going to school, and how's how are you gonna pay the mortgage, and 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 then it was like, so I think a couple of weeks later I sold the bike, and <laughs> so that that's how I learned about that type of responsibility and that weight that came. So and, and that's just one of the many examples that I that I learned to live in my life was that I still seek all this adventure and that I, you know, that I didn't have growing up that I wanted to just like, Oh, the world is mine. I just want all of it. Right. So, um, so it's this balance of being responsible, um, doing the right thing and, and, uh, but also explore the world, um, especially in my early years, by the time, you know, Gabby came along, I was, uh, you know, I was reconciled with it. I was like, I'm more at ease with myself and, and, who I was as a person and in my career. So 
Um, and I think that just came with maturity. Um, I, I no longer, you know, wanted to uh, go hours and hours mountain biking like I did when I was with, uh, you know, with, with Gabby, right? I'd go on the, on the weekend, pretty much go all day, right? Um, <clears throat> so um, that changed. And, um, you know, and then I was looking for long uh, camping trips with Gabby, right? Versus not, uh, so it's just a different phase of my life. Um, and, and how we approach, uh, you know, um, parenting. Um, when, when I was growing up, I was the oldest, like you, Stefan, and, um, and you know, I was pretty much taught how to, how to care for, you know, uh, my siblings. So I wouldn't call it parenting. Um, so pretty close. (laughs) Right. And so that was one of the things I've learned is, is I being a caregiver is not being a parent. It's not being a father. And and, and so, um, that lesson didn't really hit me until my second and saying, you know what? Um, although I was, I think I was an outstanding caregiver. I, I really didn't know how to be a parent until later on in life. Um, so that, that to me was, um, a, a revelation and, um, I, I wish I would have, you know, waited a little bit longer, um, to, to learn that lesson. And maybe it was my first one that just based on how I approach life that paved that, that, that road for me, um, to uh, enjoy my life better with, with the second child. So, um, um, so that was interesting. And one of the things I, I wanted to say was like, you know, all, all the, um, I want to thank you guys because you, you kind of, one of the questions you say to this, this identity, right? It, it, when you pose that question, you make my, you make me kind of look internally, which um, I think I, I rarely do. I, I think I, I've always been an observer of the world and I look outside and look at other people. I like to people watch. And, um, and there's a few moments where I look internally and um, you guys made me do that in this show. Uh, or in this, in this, um, I'm calling it a show now. Look at that. Um, no, uh, <laughs> in this program. So, uh, thank you. And and um, so yeah, that's that's that that's something that I that I really do that I'd like to do more of. Um, and then making that separation of okay, I'm going to leave parenthood and let's look inside, and and see what you're really like now, as as uh, as you continue to be a parent and and um, you know husband and whatever other roles you, you play in life. You know, that, that was not, uh, um, because of my age was not as big a factor for me. I was, I was 42. I was well established in my career and, uh, and I was, I was not quite as self-absorbed as I had been all through my twenties and thirties. You're supposed to be self-absorbed in your twenties. You're supposed to start getting over it in your thirties. And, uh, and so that was, that was kind of gone. So that part of the identity issue wasn't there for me because I was, because I was already who I was and for better or worse, and that was probably not going to change much. Uh, but, uh, one of the good things that happened right after Austin was born, he was less than a year old, I think, is my career took a, a really nice turn upward, uh, financially. And Ryan was able to stop working and stay home with Austin all the way into uh, uh, the third grade. And, and then she only started working because she was hanging out at his school so much. They said, why don't you just work here? 
So that, that started a whole new career for her. And, um, uh, uh, and, and that was just a, you know, not a, the, the identity that, that part of me feeling like I might've missed something I wanted to do was, uh, was not a part of it. Well, and I wonder, I appreciate that. And I wonder to some degree, and, and maybe each of you can speak to this too. And, and I happen to have a little insider information. Um, I think part of, for you, Richard, you know, is some of what formed you as a child. And I mean, you had a lot of, a lot of things going on that all of a sudden when you had freedom probably made things a little different from you, the way that you approached things like, wow, I, you know, I have a second where I can go explore the world in a way that's this safe, unique way that's still adventurous. So are there parts of your childhood that you think sort of imprinted how you approach your identity now in your fatherhood? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, being the oldest and, and, you know, you have your mom, you know, a single parent and constantly working, you know, one of the things I, that I remember as a childhood it, it, that I'm really fond of is having this, this freedom, right, of like going and, ex and ride the bikes with my siblings and say, like, let's take the bike, even though we're not supposed to, right? So we would ride out for hours, at, you know, miles and miles away from home. So imagine like, uh, you know, a four-year-old and, you know, whatever between, uh, you know, up to, you know, 10-year-olds. So we were all riding our bikes and, and you know, this this little, you know, um, imagine three kids kind of falling behind and, and going and exploring the world and climbing on, on trees and roofs and jumping from whatnot. And I was the leader of the pack. And looking back, I'm like, oh, my God, how did we make it, right? How did <laughs> <laughs> but we did. You know, and, and there's a lot of good memories there. And, um, and one of the, uh, the lessons for me was like, you know, you got to have fun in life. Um, there's a lot of challenges and, and that play, that fun, um, makes you survive the, the craziest moments. And, um, and that's something that I like to bring, you know, uh, as a parent, that, that, you know, I like to have a lot of fun with, with my daughters. I like to take him out of the comfort zone. Um, you know, my oldest is very shy. She she's risk adverse, so I make her climb really high stuff, and I you know, and, and I make her uncomfortable in social settings, and just so that that uh, you know, she just gets out of that comfort zone, and and and, um, and I think learns a little bit more um, in, in the process, and and if worst case is that we just you know, have a, a good laugh, right? Um, and kind of like climbing up on a roof and watching a sunset, which just happened, right? That's right. <laughs> exactly. Um, but now I, I think it's a lot safer than I was and it, it was when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much, Richard. I appreciate that. Oh, Stefan, did you, did you have any thoughts that went on about your upbringing and what that brought to you being a father? Oh, yes. Um, so like Richard, I, I grew up as the oldest. Um, there was, with a single parent, uh, my mom. And so there was, well, there was four of us when I was growing up. And then, and then my dad had a couple other kids. So I have, I'm the oldest, but I'm the oldest of like seven. <laughs> so growing up, there was four of us. And much like Richard, I was kind of the leader of the back and, and I would 
go out, we would explore, we would hang out, we would do stuff. Um, my main approach uh, from when I was a child, though, I always loved to learn um, whatever, whatever, I can, whatever I can learn. Um, I'm a very process-oriented um, artist, and, and basically what that means is I like to learn really in-depth processes and, and put them to work. I do that with everything, though. I like to uh, learn as much as I can. So a lot of the times I would sit and observe um, and, and kind of see what's going on. But, but as an artist, I can't just observe it. I have, to, um, I have to create it into something. I have to morph it into something. So growing up, uh, I would do a lot of that with my siblings. And, and we would play, we would come up with all sorts of random odd games. And we weren't like the most well off, but we always had fun. and We always uh, did cool stuff together. Um, but not having a dad growing up um, definitely taught me, uh, well, not necessarily not having a dad, but not having a dad around or, or that you know, figure definitely taught me things that I, I didn't want to happen or I didn't want to do. And, and some of the feelings I had growing up of being lost or not really knowing how I should be as a as a as a male as a man especially as a as a black man uh, growing up in America um, I didn't really have like that sort of guidance so I, I figured whenever I have kids um, I was gonna do the complete opposite you know I'm gonna be there I'm gonna help guide them I'm gonna make sure nothing um, seems more important to me other than them um, and, and not necessarily losing my identity with that but that became my identity I knew that's what I wanted to do because um, I figured if I learn enough, I can share enough, at least of what I've learned in my experiences. Um, and, and the main thing I really craved growing up was just that, that figure, that person um, to laugh with, to do random stuff with, to, to be, you know, to try to make proud of, or, you know, to not make disappointed. Um, so moving into as, as a father, and I was gonna mention it earlier, that's why it was easier for me to, to transition from Taekwondo um, athlete to parent because I knew that um, I had already done a lot of stuff that I wanted to do. You know, I've I traveled the country. I've seen a lot of the stuff. I've studied abroad in Italy and I've been to Costa Rica and, and, and lots of different places, lots of different countries. Um, so I've done a lot of the stuff that I wanted to do right away before having a kid. So it was easier to transition into that role. I mean, because I'm I'm 29 now, so I had her when I was 27. You know, I went through high school, I went through college, and even you know five years of marriage before we were like okay um you know we can we're about ready to have kids now we've done a lot of stuff we've explored the world together we can you know build our legacy now and so um yeah i think that answers your question in a roundabout it does, way. it does thank <laughs> you so much stefan i really appreciate it david how about you were there things in your childhood that you feel like you brought you know that, that impacted how you were a father oh Our yeah absolutely yeah my 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 mother was great. She was a great mom, but she was kind of stereotypical in that, that, you know, when, when I did something stupid, you know, uh, she, she uh, uh, had little tolerance or little uh, uh, forgiveness for it. My father, on the other hand, had a great gift to be able to remember when he was a kid. And so anytime I did something, you know, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't get in trouble with the, with the law or, or do anything terribly destructive, but like any uh, uh, kid from 10 to 18 years old, I did my share of stupid stuff. <laughs> uh, and, but, and, and while my father never, you know, said that's okay, or he never condoned it, he was able to temper his 
judgment of it and his response to it by remembering when he was my age and had probably done something even more stupid than whatever it was I just did. Uh, so it, it was, he, it's a, it's, I think it's an unusual gift in a parent to, to, to be able to keep that little, uh, 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 keep that child back there so that they can remember those things and, and, and not be so, um, uh, unduly harsh when your kids do the same things. Uh, and, and so I tried, I really tried hard to bring that to my parenthood and, and to, uh, to make it clear to my son that, you know, this is not acceptable behavior. We don't do this. Uh, but, but I never, uh, pretended that, that, um, you know, I, I wouldn't possibly have ever done that myself. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it, it helps to, uh, to try to keep your, your inner child handy uh, when, when you're parenting, just so that you, uh, for, for one thing, it, it makes parenting more fun. But the other thing is, is it, makes, it makes, uh, makes you a little less judgmental. Okay. work. So, all right, so kind of closing up, but we want to speak to the other parents. So par uh, mothers, wives, partners who are raising young boys. What would you say to them in terms of how to, not how to, but what it takes to raise an adult man? What, what advice do you have for that other partner? Yeah, I want to know. I have two boys. I want to know. You I mean I? Hillary, this question's for Hillary. Really, really is. I'm. I'm like. Okay. <laughs> what, what do I'm selfish right now? What do you wish that your mom? What you know? Would have either would have done or did do or things where you can say, hey, part of young men becoming adult men or fathers and role models and so on is this is what would be really helpful. Uh, do you want me to go first? Sure. Go for it. I, I mean, all of us, all of us know the things that we're supposed to teach our kids. We all, we all know what those things are. You, you know, you teach people to be honest and fair and treat everybody with respect and, and all of those things that we, you know, that are cliches. Um, we're not always we're not always great examples of the kind of behavior that we want our kids to exhibit, but I think most of us try pretty hard. But if if I had to single out one thing to teach a young boy or a young man, uh, because it seems that it may have gotten away from us a little bit, and that is a, a, to have respect for girls and women. Uh, it's a, it's a, and, and it may not be any worse right now than it ever was, uh, but, but it just seems like uh, uh, we may have kind of lost that thread somewhere. I think, I think you have to teach a, a boy when he's very young that little girls and later on women are, they're not, they're not to be, you know, put on a pedestal or idolized or, or in some other way worship, but to be respected and teach them what that means. Teach them uh, just like they should know that 
that uh, when when anyone uh, says don't do that, I'm offended by that, or you know, then then you stop what you're doing and re-examine what you're doing. And when a when a you know when a woman um, and and I'm I'm fumbling with this, but you know, we all know that when when a woman says no, that's uncomfortable. I don't want you to do that. Then we need for our sons to understand what that means. And 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 if we don't, I'm afraid if we don't teach them that from day 300 or something, from from the time that they're very young enough, you know, first old enough to understand that 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 we're wasting that opportunity. That's so, so, that actually made me tear up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I made me tear up actually because that's that's uh, yeah beautiful. Oh, sorry. Thank you so much, David. <laughs> no, no, that's great. No, I appreciate that. Stefan or Richard? Um, young young boys, young men, and um, I think the important thing. Um, uh oh. Uh oh, uh, Richard, we're going to come back to you. I'm going to let Stefan go and then we're going to come back to you because you're frozen. So we'll give you a second to get unfrozen and we'll listen to Stefan for a second. So sorry. Internet connection, catch up with you. <laughs> yes, yes. Stefan, did you have some thoughts? Well, I was actually going to um, say what Dave was saying, you know, to, to, to respect women. And, and it's interesting because um, they'll learn a, a slightly different lesson from from like the mom's perspective and then from the dad's perspective. Um, they need both, I think, um, because it, I think it's necessary, you know, as a, as a woman, as a mom, you, you know how you would like to be treated. You know how things that you didn't like, you know, things that made you uncomfortable. Um, maybe, you know, maybe you know things that you wish you would have said, but uh, didn't say to someone that made you uncomfortable or something like that. Guys don't necessarily know that sort of stuff. Um, and, and so to learn how to see those signs, not just verbal signs, but, uh, you know, other other you know, things you can see, you can sense, like how to sense that sort of stuff. Like, can you sense you're making someone uncomfortable or mm -hmm. can you sense that they're not really, um, you know, happy with something that you said or going on? Like, we don't really know that sort of stuff. It's kind of a, a hard learned thing that we kind of, try to figure out along the way a lot of us don't do that great at it um but uh, i think one thing that my mom did that was that was pretty good was she always instilled that in all of us that there was three of us boys growing up um and, and one girl one daughter the youngest is the daughter and, and so the main thing was we basically learned how to treat women based on how we treat our sister and our mom you know and so for other moms out there if they don't have like that younger sister necessarily on you to do that but it definitely helps if you kind of implement that information just like not necessarily be naggy about it but don't be don't let up you know be relentless you know and i think kind of what dave said before you know be consistent with it you know it's not all of a sudden okay because one day and it's not okay the next day you know, if it's not okay then it's not okay and um, i think you're right having having sisters helps i had two sisters and <laughs> and uh and so that, but but if you're raising a boy with no other women in the house, no other females in the house, then it's then it really is up to you to do the. Yeah, like I said, it's mom and dad, but yeah. a lot of the dad doesn't know what makes everything that makes mom uncomfortable or what makes women uncomfortable or subtle signs that 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 women 
don't like or may be afraid of or may not speak up about. Like, we I, don't know I that. I have news for you. You will go to your grave not knowing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I have to share something that's coming up, and, and then I want to see if we can get Richard. I'm hoping, Richard, that your connection stays with us so we can hear what you have to say, and then we'll clo close out because we've – I feel like I could talk to you guys for another hour. This is – so interesting. I love you all so much. It's, it's just been such an honor. Um, but, I, but one of the things I was going to offer, and I guess maybe more to Stefan at this point, because um, the other kids are older, one of the most powerful things that my husband ever did as a father for me as a mother was I remember the first time that my beautiful, innocent boys who would never mouth off to me, um, <laughs> mouthed off to me. And Jeff did not say, don't say that to your mother. He said, do not say that to my wife. Mm. And it was a subtle change, but those boys' eyes, because they realized like there was something, yes, dad protects us, but there's a whole nother level than <laughs> that's here. It's, it's the way that dad views mom. Yeah, that that was an excellent way to put it. Yeah. It, it, it really is. was. Yeah. And I tell you what, we really don't have to deal with backtalk. <laughs> <laughs> It's so much more effective than punching them in the throat. <laughs> I mean, maybe, possibly, <laughs> potentially, potentially. Yeah, Richard, let's. I'm praying that we that we get you to to stay with us here. Um, His trays are blowing, so it must be okay. <laughs> yes, yes. So you hear me? Okay. Yes. Um, no, I think I think uh, for me, um, as far as you know, boys and, and parenting, I, I think that. Um, having them interact with their physical world more mm. get it out play don't underestimate those things building with their hands um I, I think um you know we are we are going into a lot of service industry jobs and 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 technology and and i think um i feel young men are being left out um because they're just more physically adapt to sports and, and, and introducing and not letting go of those physical activities and helping them build stuff and, and you know, um, introducing some of those trades that, that might have gotten lost. Uh, I think that's super important, especially for, for a young man who's exploring his strength and, and you know, a, a other ability to look at the world differently. Um, I think that's, that's uh, from, from my, what I've seen is, is super important. Those were anchors to me growing up. Um, spending time uh, welding and in the shop and and um, physically working out there, uh, exploring my strength. That that was um, that was uh, I, I you know I love to read too, but those moments are are something that I you know to this date I think added to my to my personality. And I and I think oftentimes boys get a bad rap for for exploring the physical world, so um, don't don't beat them up too much. I, I think it's just uh, part of uh, you know, exploring their strength, I think. Yeah. And in fact, maybe give them the opportunity where it is okay to do that is what I hear you saying loud and clear. I think that's so important. Yeah, I think uh, so. Sonia, yeah. we're getting ready to wrap up here. Well, Any last? No, I'm learning so much. I don't want to let them go. I, I like, don't oh. either. I know. Do you guys want to hang out a little bit longer? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, it's bedtime for Stefan. I know. I know. He's like, oh. I'm okay. I have to get up with a two-year-old soon. Um, <laughs> do we want to close out before we just thank them and give our challenge with asking about Father's Day, Sonia? 
Yes, because I want to know. Like, uh, yeah, so let's just close out with one more question. We could be yeah, really just a short little snippet for us. You no, know, we can't take the massive trips now. You know, we're still dealing with the pandemic, but Father's Day is coming. So what do you, what's like the best gift ever that we should be planning for? Is it too late? Do we have enough time? Oh, man, just... Uh... Just put me in front of a fire with uh, uh, meat on a stick and I'll, and I'll be happy. <laughs> you got it. Sonia, send me a picture. I want to see it. <laughs> he just wants a corn dog. <laughs> uh, for me, because my son, uh, I only get to see him uh, two or three times a year for a few days at a time. Um, he's in Monterey and, and, um, and of course everybody's still sort of hunkered down and, uh, what would make a, the best father's day for me would be if he could be here and, and spend a couple of days. Um, and, and I, I've told him this a lot over the, over his lifetime, uh, particularly times when he was a little older and, and sort of on his own, but but not financially uh, able to to buy me a gift for something, uh, particularly like Father's Day or something. And I have always told him, you know, the best gift you can give me is your time, just a little bit of your time. That's more valuable to me than any present you could go buy. Uh, and so that's that's what would make uh, Father's Day great for me is if he could spend a couple of days here. But that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe maybe a call, maybe a, yeah. a little. Yeah, maybe you guys call. Can yeah. Do a Zoom happy hour. Yeah. Those yeah. things are not the same. That is that is just an over. What do you call it? What? The Zoom thing. Oh yeah. yeah. Not the same. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't. I hear you. Although sometimes you can record just a really quick. Um, so my son just graduated, and our family couldn't be here. So we got family from all over the country to come on and surprise him. He sat down in his cap and gown and I got to record them all saying something to him so he can play it back and hear. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, so you could always get him to come on and say, now say nice things about me, I'm gonna record it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that, fun. That, that reminds me, Sonia, I don't know if I told you this or not, but you know, when, when, uh, when the book first came out and people started talking about when they read it, it made them cry. And, 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 and Ryan asked Austin, uh, you know, she, she was telling Austin that and asked him if it made him cry. And he said, he said, no, it was a, it was a good letter, but it didn't make me cry. And so when I, <laughs> when I uh, signed a copy for him, I said, hold on to this because when I'm, de- when I'm gone, it will make you cry, you little snot. <laughs> oh, I mean, Cute and funny all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Stefan? Um, so I'm not really um, big on holidays, per se, because I, I prefer to really just celebrate every day. Um, if I want to do something special um, with my family, for my wife or whatever, I don't think for like, just a birthday. I just do it because I want to do it. This is the type of person I am. Um, so for Father's Day, it's just going to be really another day for me. I, and I'm already doing kind of the stuff that I really would want to do, which is hang out with my daughter all day hang out with my wife, uh, and just hang out, not have to work. That's probably the only thing I could probably think of. Uh, a lot of people contact me for great Father's Day ideas because I create things. So yes. I tend to create <laughs> create gifts for parents for Father's Day. So you yes. can hit up my website. <laughs> yes. um, 
<laughs> but uh, like I'm working on a set of back house boards that I'm painting for someone. I'm sure they're going to give to me as a Mother's Day gift, I'm guessing. Um, but I've done stuff like that. And those types of things like, that are made, that are made specifically for, for parents uh, are really popular because you can't do it yourself. You can't just buy it at the store. Um, so if I was telling other people what kind of gifts to get, get something handmade, get something that you know, like, hey, I know Hillary really likes Taekwondo. She's really into fitness and whatnot. So get something that, that really speaks to that person that makes, you, that makes them think you thought about them. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I just want to hang out with my family. I just want to be home, not to worry about work, not to worry about whatever's going on in the outside world, just secluded. Amazing. You guys were just so insightful. I just, I'm so grateful for your time. I know it, it's over time that we promised that we said, oh, it's only going to be really quick. <laughs> we hogged all that time. And just thank you. I, I really, I, I truly grew as a person during this last hour. I feel that too. And I as a do. parent. Yeah. And, and for, we are going to make sure that everybody's websites and links and, and for, for, um, for Stefan's artistry and for websites for Richard and for also for the book as well for David, all of those things are going to be implanted here in the, in the description when we post it, because you do want to check this out. I have to say following Stefan, like my favorite part about following Stefan besides his art is he periodically just posts his daughter giggling and <laughs> And like we all need a two-year-old giggling. I just I'm that's, telling that's, you, that's contagious. Yes, it it is. I, I, speaking, I of call them little doses of uh little doses of pure kid joy. Everyone can <laughs> use a little pure kid joy. <laughs> It really, it really is. And I just like Sonia said, I am so grateful to all three of you. I feel like, as she said, we've grown, we've learned. I think our our listeners or viewers are going to have grown and learned so much from all three of you. And we're going to challenge them, actually, because we're feeling so much gratitude for you all. We're going to challenge them if they want to go on our Instagram, Instagram page for Decided Hearts to drop in what are they grateful for, for their own fathers. Um, I know looking at you, Stefan, I have always been grateful for the peace and the joy and the calm and the, you just, you own a room in a way that includes so many people. And thank you so much for that. And Sonia, gratitude for these other two. Oh my gosh. Well, (laughs) I mean, David, um, again, I I read on the beginning, I, I have to say that I'm just addicted to your sense of humor. Um, yes, you're sarcastic, but there's such a genuine authenticity about you that makes others really connect and say you speak truth. Um, you speak honesty. Um, so I, I, that's why our relationship will probably last a lifetime. And then Richard, I hope our relationship lasts a lifetime. <laughs> Better last a lifetime now. <laughs> I just have to say the courage. This is the most courageous man that I've ever met. Um, and a really quick story, like when Bella was born, my firstborn, I looked at her and I was like, I don't know what to do. So that mat- that maternity thing, I don't know. I gave it to Richard. Take, do what you <laughs> miss Richard, like the, the, the caregiving, wrapped her up like a football. And it's like, I told, I got it. Like one, one hand, I was like, genius, genius. <laughs> you know, the intimacy had to develop, but wow. I mean, I'm just so grateful. I mean, and the courage, it's, it's been, it's been an amazing adventure. So thank you. I really appreciate being invited and included in this. It was, it was, it's always a joy to see you, but I, I'm honored that you uh, uh, considered me for this. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.
So uh, we won't read a bedtime story for you, Stefan, but we are going to tuck you in for bed. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you all to our Decided Heart listeners. We will see you next week. And I hope that you enjoy celebrating the fathers in your lives. Happy Father's so, Day, guys. Thank you. Happy Father's Day, you three. <laughs> Bye. So that's just our job is to to figure that piece out so okay perfect yeah, you're the ones that are supposed to keep us from looking stupid we, <laughs> will. we will do our best you guys